that's a growler. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Welcome to the Never Any Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and where are the flies? The movie, The Never Any Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm a disappointed in you, Tierney Steele. <laughs> I'm Andrew Dorowski. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back, Andrew. Glad to be back. Are you, though? Are you? No, I, I was thinking about that for a second. I was like, is glad the right word? <laughs> well, I think we need some gladness. I am back. Uh, and listeners, we're glad you're back. I know a lot of people, when we said we were going to do this movie, didn't think they were up to analyzing this week one minute at a time, but we're doing pretty well, and we're all here for each other. Today we're going to talk about Minute 31, which starts with us learning that we are in the deadly swamps of sadness, and it ends with Atreyu looking back in horror at an Artax who has stopped walking through the swamp. Yep. It's, That's where we're it's at. It's starting, guys. <laughs> it's, oh, man. And I know we have, you know, 60 seconds to talk about before we get there. But the last shots of this minute, like, I'm going to just get up on my high horse and talk about how fantastic Noah Hathaway is in the last few seconds of this minute. Oh, definitely. He just sells I have it that in my notes. So, oh, I mean, so he's, he's, got a, he's got oh. a good week. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, All right. Now, we, but we, just, just, we'll I, I can't, Sorry. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't let that one go. Your high horse. I, careful. I know, I regret <laughs> it. It might not be as high as, Stop. as it started. <laughs> All right. We do well, love the just, puns here. Just this Atreyu is off his small horse, as we discussed in previous minutes. <laughs> he dismounts to help Artax through the thickest, grossest mud you've ever seen. I have notes about this. <laughs> All like, right. That stuff is, is nasty. Oh. All right. So, do you guys want to, want me to dig into my notes here for for what I found about the swamp? Yes. I definitely do. Um, I hope part of your notes is also. I have to point out how blue the water is, though, in the <laughs> wetter puddle parts. I can't stop looking at it. I definitely always imagine this is all black and gray, and that's like I, a vibrant color there. I think the blue that we get is the lighting that they did for the sets, and I think they use a lot of blue lights to give that that sad feeling mm-hmm. so you that get the blue lights sense. reflecting in the water yeah okay. i've never had any any big issue with it i'd say it still comes off as black and gray to me i i, I only noticed it because again we're staring at this yeah black and gray is definitely part of what they were going for they painted the trees mm-hmm. um Wolf, wolfgang Zehetbauer uh was the guy who was in charge of getting these sets together and he, of course, did an amazing job here in trying to make it as much like the book as he could. There are 3,000 square meters of mud here, mud and set. Wow. They ended up bringing it in from some nearby dig that they had. And they had so much problems with, with this mud because the mud they brought in was actual mud and it had actual bugs and stuff in it Mm. and it wasn't just produced on set so they had to deal with you know bug larva and all kinds of crazy Uh. stuff like that as they're going through this oh god (laughs) they said that there's um i'm trying to uh, (laughs) this was done during the worst heat wave in 25 years (laughs) so yes so you got this mud you got this horrible heat and 
you know, shout out to Alex at Star Wars Minute. Can you imagine the smell here? It had oh, to be atrocious. God. Because I know Sammy Stronach talks about visiting the set. How it was like yes. this giant tent set up and you could go inside. And she's like, it really was hard to walk through. Like, it was a legit oh, swamp. It, and like, it, it, it was bad. a legit swamp. <laughs> oh, God. And it's up to his thighs. Like, In, yes. In oh. the research that I uh, did, which was minimal, I'm sure, compared to yours... I saw that it was a two-month shoot for basically yes. this, this and next week, I'm guessing, is about how long mm. the swamp lasts. Yeah, um, about that. So, so for two months, his day was like, Noah's day was like getting into costume and then going like thigh deep into this yep. filth. Oh, all right. I was going to save this for a later minute because I had identified maybe where I think it happened, although I have no proof of this, but... Noah Hathaway, as I mentioned before, was injured during uh, training for the writing scenes. He was also injured during the filming in the swamp. Right. And... I believe it. What was great was, that one was so... I don't... It doesn't say exactly... Shoot, I should try and find an interview with him, because I'm sure he says exactly what it is. But he actually had to go to the hospital, directly from set. And Mm. there's this really great quote of them being like, what must the doctors have thought was going on as we bring this kid in who's just caked in mud with, like, a broken rib or whatever it was? That's actually really close to Wednesday and Thursday's minute, so we'll talk yeah. about that. I'm okay. sorry, I just, the way you were describing him, like, <laughs> being disgusting and smelling, and I'm just picturing, like, the poor... <laughs> Wait, okay, but now now that you're mentioning Noah's experience a little bit, what about the horse? Now, do we know what was this horse's uh, non-stage name? Because we know it's Artax here in the film, and and did they take good care of this horse afterwards? Because boy, did it deserve it. There's debate. So there are at least two horses used in the scenes. In these scenes, um, they spent a lot of time training the horses, trying to get it so that they could do the walking through here. And I've, you know, part of my notes are, you know, imagine what that training consists of. Cause I'm pretty oh. sure this horse would say, no, I'm not walking through that. <laughs> right. How many sugar cubes did they have to get yeah. this horse oh, to get it to go through? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are two horses. And in fact, the first horse, the white horse got so fed up with the shooting and having yeah. to be in this mud that that's why they are the second horse. It refused to act anymore. And they had to get a different horse, a brown horse, and paint it white to fill in for the scenes where they couldn't get the white horse to do it anymore. Which is not so great. Not so great guys. So going back a little, yeah, sorry. (laughs) Going back a little bit to the smells. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to make all the smells, I tried to distract him folks. You saw that, right? (laughs) No, 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 you're not getting, I did too much research on this. So not only are they using dry ice to get the smoke, but they're also using frying oil. And, and making what? it smoky in there. So you've got oh. the smell of the mud. You've got these larvae and, and gross stuff floating around. You've got fast food oil up in the air, like that burnt, but like, oily like smell. Burnt oil. Yeah. Yes. And then some genius thought it would be a good idea to bring in Indian perfume to lighten the smell some. So you've got all that mixed together. Oh and a perfume that's trying to mask it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't imagine how I horrible this you, had to be. As And this is nowhere near, and my hat's off to everyone involved in this set. I used to work at a summer camp, and we had horses and stables and riding. 
And I remember telling people like, oh yeah, you just Febreze. And this 14 year old looking at the eyes and going, no, because now it just smells like horse and Febreze. And like this dead eyes, like you don't understand lady, we tried. And I can't even imagine what this must have smelled like. Oh God, that's so foul. I mean, it looks great. And I, I did like that we get a much better look at, like, Artax's gear since yeah. the Triu dismounted. Like, it, that saddle is fascinating because that's not, it's like a piece of fabric. Yeah, like, it's not a, it's not like a worked saddle. It's just like, no. like a piece of leather that he put mm-hmm. there, which I think is interesting. Like, I mean, obviously they've kind of appropriated some, some American Indian, uh, Native American culture for... Yeah. Atreus representation in the film and and I think in the gear for the horse and I don't know how accurate it is but it certainly creates the the image I think that they were going for effectively to have a saddle like that and um the clothes he's wearing and and the gear that's on Artax's back. Yeah, it work it works perfectly because you you have to take in, to, into account the fact that Fantasia is made up of children's imaginations so this is almost yeah. exactly how mm-hmm. a child would imagine all the information that they're being given at that age yeah you know? i think it's it's i mean it's yes it's sort of uh, a stereotypical costumey um representation of it all but mm. i think it's very effective because it's intentionally um portraying that it's it's saying like when you think um you know quote unquote cowboys and indians mm-hmm. it, the way a, a child would think of it this is some of the imagery you get. I mean, I don't know about like the deep V neck that Noah <laughs> rocks throughout this film. That's a little bit different. It's, um. it's not exactly what I'd go with, but I mean, I, it, when I was a kid, my interpretation of those sorts of things was based in part on this because I could see clearly it's like, oh, that's supposed to be, you know, a, an American Indian, Native American yeah. of, of the American West kind of representation. But I was also working from like Indian in the cupboard. And yeah. maybe some, and maybe some Last of the Mohicans that I had seen. Not so much when I was a kid because that can be a little intense. But <laughs> like those were the touchstones I was dealing with, and and this matches that kind of Hollywood aesthetic of it. Yeah. Definitely. Although actually, I hadn't seen Indian Cover. I just read the book seven million times. Um, I don't know if this makes it any better, but I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out. Noah Hathaway is one quarter Mohican on his okay. father's side. And so by the way, t- Tierney's swooning in the background as you mentioned the V-neck. Stop it. <laughs> Just because he's dreamy doesn't mean it's going to distract me <laughs> from this minute. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of, it's a distracting depth of, of V-neck. <laughs> whether, whether it's dreamy or not, it's distracting. Oh, I kind of want to name this episode that a distracting depth of V-neck. <laughs> you know... They always talk about about female costuming and how ridiculous it would look if it was on a guy. Just imagine I if mean, this was on a female. That's all I'm I, saying. I mean, this. I think this predates the infamous dress from from J Lo's Oscar's appearance. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Maybe so, she was inspired. Maybe J Lo grew up with a crush on Noah Hathaway. It's uh, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they've costumed him and and they've put that effort in. Like going back to what we were talking about minutes ago now like the effort into basically costuming Artax with that yeah. uh, sort of basic saddle, not, not a full on saddle. I mean, when I picture a saddle, this is not what I picture, but as sort of a, an informal lightweight basic saddle, I think it's very effective. 
and and you get a good look at it um, in this minute. Bastion talks about how everyone knows what the dangers of this swamp are. And I almost said fire swamp. I almost did. Uh. <laughs> but everybody knows the dangers of the fire swamp. Okay. Now, everybody yeah. knows the dangers of the swamps of sadness and that, you know, it can overcome you. If uh, you oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you knew that going in, why would you bring a horse? All right. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. First of all, I have to call out the subtle, not bad, but 80s inherent sexism of what he actually says oh, he, everyone knew that whoever let the sadness overtake him would sink to the swamp yes, because the, the default girls um, obviously wouldn't go on adventures in the swamps of sadness right. and that's one of those things it's not an overt thing it's not like oh they're trying to be sexist here it's just the accepted like we've talked about this before how I grew up like you had Princess Leia and that was it for forever mm-hmm. you know until ellie start and joe from jurassic park and twisters start showing up i mean there was not female lead role model leads thing i mean now kids of hermione and eowyn and ray and oh it's so great it's so great guys it's, but yeah it, it is it is much improved and still not as good as it ought to be yeah um, this but, is the unthinkingness <laughs> yes, I, I think, um, especially because you mentioned Ray, I want to tell a story about one of my brothers. His mm-hmm. daughter uh, dressed up as Ray for, there was a Star Wars day at, at the elementary school. And so she dressed up as Ray. And he said, like, I went to drop her off and pick her up that day. And guess what? There was like three boys dressed as stormtroopers. And there was a lot of girls dressed as Star Wars characters. Like, it was, <laughs> like, like, all of the dressing up as Star Wars characters was done by girls, basically. Awesome. <laughs> and I and and I was very happy to hear that, and he was you know happy to be able to say that. He's like, like it's it's working. It is starting to yeah. make a difference. It and, is and, working, but I know that I you know I told you guys I have a three year old daughter, and she adores Star Wars. She's watched <laughs> Force Awakens more than some fans have, <laughs> and she's got you know she's got the Ray costume and stuff like that. But do you know how hard it is to find decent clothes? For Star Wars for a girl, a little toddler, it's not easy. I know for a while I had a t-shirt that was pretty much a boy's t-shirt, but she loved it because it had Star Wars on it. Mm-hmm. And then she has she has some BB-8 pajamas, but again, they're boys' pajamas. It doesn't matter at three years old, but they don't market that much stuff to young girls, and it's yeah. it's disappointing. Yeah, there are there are waves of success and and. Uh, those haven't yet turned into waves of success everywhere. Exactly. There's, yeah. You know, a wave of success in uh, film representation with with uh, Star Wars, Wonder Woman, um, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. some of the other movies in the '90s through Jurassic Park and Twister and things like that are are you know some hits of success, and it hasn't translated into the merchandise or the the clothing yeah. or the toys in particular, and that is unfortunate. The genderization of kid stuff just amazes me. Maybe I'm really naive, and it's probably because I grew up a tomboy. I was the first grandkid on one side, and then on the other side, I had only older boy cousins. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, you know, my, you know, I grew up running around with them, and I was very much like daddy's girl. Like we were running around quoting Smokey and the Bandit way younger than we should have been, and I was watching Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and I ended up saying. I mean, my favorite. This was one of my favorite movies. Ghostbusters was in heavy rotation. My favorite Disney movie was Robin Hood. Like, 
it just never occurred to me as a kid that I wasn't seeing females in my role models. And, mm-hmm. and I would do that. I would wear the boys' clothes. Like, it just never occurred to me that that was, you know, weird. And even the term tomboy, you know, says it all. I like, know, I where know. You were actually it's a just, little problematic in its own yeah, way. Yeah, you were just a girl who liked doing adventurous stuff. Why does it have to be, you know, a tomboy? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> my, my actual, um, like, my college studies included a lot of courses on, on grammar and text because I, I work as an editor and a writer. And so like the, the gender singular, like the gender neutral singular, they is something mm-hmm. I've been so happy. It's been accepted. And I, I feel bad that it can't like retroactively go in and correct moments like this that you've right. mentioned where everyone knows that they, they. and, and uh, you know, it, it's been something that I, I mean, I felt like they needed a gender neutral singular anyway for a long time. And I'm glad that they kind of has become the accepted form of it because it's very suitable and there's been you know a a lot of debate about it for a long time and yeah using the the singular they is now a way to go and i think it's excellent and it would have completely fixed this moment (laughs) if it had just been accepted 40 years ago yeah and i'm so happy to hear you say that that's accepted now because i remember when it wasn't (laughs) to my knowledge that's what's kind of become the the norm is that if that you're dealing with a singular and you're you're not gendering your pronoun, you can go with they. There, I mean, there was a long time where people had proposed a lot of different things, um, like a ze or an right. ni, mm. and and there, I mean, you can you can find huge lists of them, and it's been a, a concern for linguists in English for years, but it's mm. finally kind of hit a critical mass for cultural need. Um, or, or cultural uh, conversation and dialogue about it that, as far as I know, um, and, and as far as official linguistics um, texts are dealing with and, and uh, style guides and things like that, a singular they is the preferred use uh, for style guides. Awesome. Nice. For, for any time that it's uh, gender nonspecific. Awesome. That makes me so happy. Now so we it, just it, need to go In ahead. the case of this book, that's what it would have been. Yeah. See, now we just need to get Americans using y'all. Because when I was using, when I was learning languages, you know how you conjugate verbs mm-hmm. and you have you singular, you plural. Well, I grew up in the Northeast, but my dad lived in the South for several years. And I was like, oh, y'all, mm-hmm. you plural. Yes. Why is there not a thing useful. for this? <laughs> it's so <laughs> useful. There and I are... would get like Mark's dad, like, you have to write out you plural. I'm like, this is stupid. There's a word for this, guys. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Pronoun Minute. I, sorry, okay, sorry. But, like, if I can just get geeky about words for a Go minute. for it. I, mean, I feel like Bastion would support this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, it, like, uh, I love I love this stuff. I mean, there's a reason I studied it and, you know, went into a career where I get to use this sort of stuff. But, yeah, y'all is a, a great one. Um and there's different ones regionally, but I tend to, yeah. to use y'all if I feel like it's truly necessary um, <laughs> to to indicate a plural you. And there's so many things in English that it's like, okay, we really, we could use this if we just had it, everyone. <laughs> so can we just make it happen? <laughs> How about the, t- the word you just said, once? That's an interesting one to me. <laughs> like you say, oh. can you hand me those ones over there? And I have a friend of mine who used to get 
irate whenever you said that because you said, is there a group of ones over there? Oh, is, is there no. a number one over there multiple times that I need to go get? Well, then oh. you're just dealing with the difference between people and persons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those ones over there. Oh, man. Of course, we'd always do it on purpose just to drive nuts. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once you learn something like that, you can't resist it. <laughs> All right. Shall we, shall we look at the movie again? Yes. <laughs> we can return to the images on screen instead of right. the, uh, the voiceover that Bastion provided. So as I, was, as I was saying before, if you knew that this was a dangerous place and you were, there's no necessity for him to bring this horse in here. All right. Hang on a sec. In I already book, hanged on for a whole 20 minutes. He does not minutes. know that it just is, it's the swamps of sadness. Artax whinnies with horror and says, are we going in there, master? Yes, the betrayal. We must find Tortoiseshell Mountain. It's at the center of these swamps. In the book, does Artax speak? Yes. Yes. Oh, that makes a little difference. It's going to simultaneously make things so much worse, but it also makes things better because people give... Atreyu a lot of grief for his response to this thinking and in the book Artax specifically lays out why he can't just like put the Orin around Artax. I feel like that's tomorrow. <laughs> yes. So I will get more into it but yeah they don't know quite how much danger they're in until it's too late basically. The director definitely made a choice because they thought that humanizing the horse that much would be entirely too traumatizing for children to watch in the in the coming minutes. It mm-hmm. also could have been really gimmicky. Right. Yes. You would have had some Mr. Red kind of action it, going yeah, on. Yeah, it wouldn't I don't feel like that would have aged as well as what we get. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Alright. I tried to stop us from moving on to this minute, but my notes are now at the arm jerk. Oh yes. I have that that uh, my heart stopped the first time i watched this minute through and that jerk that oh yeah oh. yep go ahead andrew how do you feel I, right I just, now i mean uh that i mean i just rewatched it i just you know scrubbed through that <laughs> that bit to see that shoulder oh. you know tug back it's like oh something stopped moving do you think that was done with horse or do you think that the director just like held on to the reins like okay when's the right time i'll pull Oh yeah, somebody's or, just standing there off screen. I think he just screen. held on to it, and it's absolutely brilliant. Like it's a good I mean, moment. They turn it's, around. There's that, a lot of good moments that we've talked about. That's you know, like there, there's some decent filmmaking on display here. Oh, it's oh, amazing yeah. filmmaking. I'm I'm continually impressed at how well this holds up still. Yeah. But yeah, that slow turn, the the camera zooming in on his face as he turns around. Oh. And then it cuts to Artax's face. And he's got his sweet little bangs over his forehead. I feel like Noah's hair is a little too pristine at this point. I have a challenge for us in the next coming minutes. Oh, okay. Let's see if we can figure out what is the white horse and what is the brown horse that's painted white. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the brown I'm horse painted white sad. right here. Do you think it's wearing a wig? <laughs> no, I think they just literally colored the hair as well. So Aww. so the mane? Right. Too? Yeah. So you think in this minute it's a brown horse that's been painted white? I think so. Hmm. Okay, I, I, like, I don't know that much about horses. Atreyu so. should be sweatier at this point. I, I think, well, or like some muck should have splashed up to his face and his hair. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little, it, it's there. got some good volume right now. I'm like, you've been on the road, my friend. 
a part of the magic of Atreyu. Is, 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 <laughs> and his is, perfect hair. Yes. Yeah, it's the trade-off for not having green skin. He gets to have perfect hair. Well, isn't his hair <laughs> supposed to be blue in the book, too? I think so, He's yeah. supposed to be green in the book, like completely and totally, but... And, he, and his hair uh, was blue. I think so, yes. I think so, but he didn't react as well to being colored a different color as the horse did. Um... <laughs> I feel like if they made this movie a little later, like into the 90s after some of the anime phase had hit America, blue hair might have been a little more like, let's go for that. Yeah. It was like a little a little that. too early for that in the, in when was this made? 80? 84. 84. Or 83 technically yeah, was made. Yeah, made but. in 83. Yeah. Um, I feel like the blue hair could have really uh, added something to this. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Although I feel like it'd be I, I, very it, distracting in this. It minute. depends on like what kind of blue. If it's if it's a, a blue the way Gmork's eyes are green, <laughs> that would be very distracting in this scene. And audience, please understand that the reason we're sighing so much is because as we're talking about this, we keep scrolling through and we're rewatching it. So we can I'm see not. it over, oh I can you guys see are this crazy. over and over again, and that's why I keep sighing like, oh my gosh. What's the line from Parent Trap? I've seen it. <laughs> I probably I probably uh. watched or like remembered this sequence this week more than I remembered anything else from this movie throughout my life. I'm a sucker for, for tragedy. <laughs> we can well, tell so you know you see it as a kid this imprints on you when you're a little kid i mean i'll admit it, i think it imprinted incorrectly because i definitely have a few memories of shots that are not in this film i think Uh-oh. we all do there's there's a name for that and i can't think of what it is uh, mandela effect yes mandela effect uh we talked about in in snow white because people remember it as um mirror mirror on the wall when she says magic mirror right on the wall instead and things like that but um I mean, it's it's not in this minute, so I can save it for later. But I definitely remember a few things uh, from later on that aren't here. And I had questions about it before I watched these. And they said, oh, well, I guess that resolves that question I had. So I will save that until the appropriate yeah, minute. There, there isn't, like, a special edition weird uh, disconnect going on with this film. No. It is what it is. Yeah. So I don't all know why right. my brain had created all that extra... Uh, tension, but maybe I just really, I'm a real sucker for, for tragedy. Oh, well, well we have, we have plenty you, of tragedy coming up for you the rest you of the week. you come back tomorrow, our minute ends with the music cue of doom, basically. It's, it's the opening of oh. the craziest sad synth music. But that's, that's another a different story. story. And shall be told another time. Another day? Another time. Like tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see y'all tomorrow. Bye. Wow, something is really different on a grower. I'm keeping your bones.